Before today's sermon, and there are two things that I just want to mention. First is this, isn't it great to have Paul uh, back serving with us? Paul's been on sabbatical, uh, as he said, and it's just a joy to have him back and serving. We've missed him, and uh, we look forward to hearing him preach and engage back in God's Word. So it's great to have him with us. We just pray that he's refreshed and, 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 and encouraged by his time off. So it's great to have Paul with us. The other thing is this, folks, can I please ask you, please pray for all the new elders and their wives and their families that we've been able to talk with and chat with and they've been able to be sort of prayed into the eldership over the last three weeks. Pray for Ben and Sophie, pray for Sam and Emily, pray for Eddie and Catherine and pray for all the other leaders as well. Folks, we have been spending time praying about the church and we want to we want to lead you guys well. Ultimately, we want to lead you to Jesus and for him to lead us as a church. So can I ask you, please pray for the new elders. One of the things that I think brings great anxiety for us in our day and age, and particular in this specific season, is uncertainty. We worry because we are uncertain, uncertain about the future, uncertain about the future of our, our children, uncertain about the future of COVID. We ask questions, what, what will happen? Where will it all end up? It's interesting, as you read through the book of Psalms, you will see that it's a collection of songs that describe and give language for the human experience. For our experience and also the emotions that we feel in the midst of our human experience. As you read through the Psalms, you'll see that there are songs of praise, but there are Psalms that are full of angst, full of grief. There are psalms of lament. In fact, a third of the psalms are psalms of lament, and many of which are rooted in the overriding emotion of uncertainty. Where are you? What are you doing? Where is all this leading? Now, folks, as we read through the psalms, we see a picture of where everything from our human experience and we also see a picture of the trajectory of the world and where it is heading, where it all ends. And where will it all end? It ends in praise. It all ends in praise. Now, as I said, the, the Psalms are a collection of songs, but they're not only a collection of songs, but they're also a collection of prayers. And it's important for us to recognize that all prayer ends in praise. Let me show you. When you confess your sin, you, you pray, and then that prayer and that confession to God leads to a knowledge of his mercy, his grace, and his forgiveness, which leads to you praising him, to praise. When you lament, when you lament in prayer and you lament to God, it leads you to rest in him, which leads you to praise. Now, this doesn't mean that when we pray, this, this, this sense of praise happens in, instantaneously. It may take years, folks. It may take decades. But a posture of prayer, whatever the subject that is towards God, will always end in praise of him. Now, folks, this is not only true for those of us who are believers. This is also true for those who aren't. For everyone, it's going to end in praise. The book of Philippians is clear. 
when the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Philippi in chapter 2, he gives them this beautiful picture of the incarnation of the Lord Jesus. He says, the Lord Jesus leaves his throne room of heaven and humbles himself even unto death. And then it says that God has highly exalted him and that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. What Paul is saying there, what the Bible is telling us, is, is that at the end of it all, everybody will bow their knee and everybody will confess that Jesus is Lord. Everybody will praise him. Now, folks, in times of uncertainty, what we can be certain of as we look in the book of Psalms and as we look in the Bible is that it will all end in praise. Now, over the last five weeks, we've been looking at the last five psalms. They're called the Hallelujah Psalms, the Praise the Lord Psalms. As we come to the end of, of, of the book, we see five psalms that are all about praise. And Psalm 150 is no different as it wraps up this beautiful collection of songs and prayers to God. See, folks, what we've seen throughout this time is that praise is to know God. And in knowing him, we praise him. And in praising him, we make him known. Grab your Bibles and turn to the last psalm, Psalm 150, and we'll read it together. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound, praise him with lute and harp, praise him with tambourine and dance, praise him with strings and pipe, praise him with sounding cymbals, praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Now I've got four questions of this text. And they're this, number one, where do we praise? Number two, why do we praise? Number three, how do we praise? And number four, who is to praise. So number one, where do we praise? Verse one, we praise him in his sanctuary and we praise him in his mighty heavens. To sum it up, where do we praise God? We praise God everywhere. But you see that there is an invitation to praise God in his sanctuary, in his place, in his presence. Now, folks, it is true that God is omnipresent. That means that he is everywhere present. So wherever we are, when we praise, he is glorified and he is made known. But the specifics of this show us the wonder of what it is to be God's people and praise him in his presence. See, we are to praise him in the presence of God and we are also to praise him together as a people in his sanctuary. Folks, I love to sing. I'm always singing. I've got the music on, any opportunity in the kitchen, I have it on in the car, and often I'll sit at the piano at home and try and play, but I will sing and I will praise God. I love to play and sing worship songs. And I love it when we're in the car together as a family and we put on our favorite worship songs. And in those moments when the kids all join in, it is a special and moving moment for me when we as a family are all together praising God, and I'm moved to tears. But over this past 12 months, I've been moved to tears during praise for a different reason. See, I've been moved to tears because I 
we have not been able to praise together as a church for nearly a year. Folks, I love to sing. I love to sing at home. I love to sing worship praise to God, but it is no substitute for being with God's people as we praise God as his people. It is no substitute to pray on my own when I am missing being with God's people. And as we sing and as we praise God together, knowing that Jesus, the head of the church, is leading us in praise. And in that moment, as we, as God's people, in his presence, praise him, we join with the congregation of heaven. We join with all the saints all over the world, praising God together in his presence, in his sanctuary. There is no substitute for that. And folks, there is no substitute for seeing the faces of brothers and sisters in Christ praising God together as his people in his presence. As he is enthroned on the praises not only of those who live, but on a thousand generation who have gone before, who are in his presence now. Now, folks, the singers of this original psalm would have understood that this meant to come into the presence of God, into his temple, and to praise, into his sanctuary. Now, folks, I want us to know we, because of our union with Christ, are in the presence of God. We are in his presence because Jesus, the head of the church, the head of the body, is in the presence of the Father at the right hand. And we who are the body are where the head is. And because of that union, we are in the presence of God together with each other, praising him, joining the congregation of heaven, praising the God of all creation. A number of years ago, there was a church leader who in his 50s, Um, lost his wife now he lost his wife on a Saturday night and the next day he went straight to church on the Sunday to be with God's people a couple of months later he was interviewed and he was asked the question why did you go to church the very next morning after losing my wife and he said for two reasons number one I wanted to be with my family God's people as I weeped I wanted them to weep with me and number two I wanted to be with my wife. See, that church leader understood that when his wife closed her eyes on this life, she opened up her eyes seeing the wonder and the face of her Saviour and joining in the heavenly congregation, she praised. And he understood that as God's people here on earth gather together in the presence of God as his people and as we praise, we join that heavenly congregation. He knew that in that moment, he would be praising his saviour with his wife, who was seeing his saviour in that moment. Folks, where are we to praise him? In the sanctuary. Praise him with God's people. Praise him together with brothers and sisters in the presence of God. Those who are with us and those who have gone before. See, we're not only to praise him in the sanctuary, it says we also are to praise him in the mighty heavens, in the great expanse. Another word for it, everywhere. Everywhere that God has created. Now, folks, praise is not just limited to our gathering. It's not just limited to to us being together as God's people. 
It's not just limited to our church. The call is to praise God everywhere. And as we praise, God's people everywhere also are praying. This week, I, I had the opportunity with a few others of us to jump on the Acts 29 Global Prayer Meeting. For those that don't know, Acts 29 is a church planting network of which we have been part of for nearly 10 years. And we have seen that church planting network grow to over 700 churches all around the globe. And this week, we were able, because of the wonders of technology, to, to come together and to, to, to spend some time praying with over 200 different people from all over the world. I was in a breakout group with people from Australia and Scotland and, and the United States. There were other people who were in breakout groups with people from um, other parts of Europe and, and the Middle East. And people were praying in English and then there were people praying in their own language. Folks, together, wherever we found ourselves, we came together as God's people and we praised God. Whether that was in the outback in Canada, a village in Africa, or in the back streets of Liverpool, God's people praise Him everywhere. We praise Him in the midst of the expanse, in the midst of His mighty heavens. Folks, where are we to praise God? We are to praise God everywhere. Number two, why do we praise Verse 2, we praise him because of his mighty deeds and his excellent greatness, his character. Folks, we are to look and we are to see and be reminded of the mighty deeds of God. See, we can see it in creation. We can see it all around us. We're reminded of it all the time. I read in Psalm 145, verses 10 and 13 this week, this, it says, All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. And we are to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and he is kind in all his works. Folks, I so need to be reminded of the mighty deeds of God. The mighty deeds that he has done. The mighty work of his hand, the deeds of what we have recorded for us in, in Scripture. But folks, I also need to be reminded of the mighty deeds that I am presented with every single day. The birth of a baby. The wonder of snow. The freshness of rain, the, the warmth of the sun, the compassion of a friend. Folks, the advancement of technology through the God-given creativity of humanity. Folks, so often I miss his mighty deeds that are evident all around me all the time. So therefore, I miss the opportunity to praise. A number of years ago, um, I went on a, a cycling um, holiday with some of the guys from church. We went to a place in Lan Lancashire. It was beautiful. We had a wonderful time riding and when we started off we we went up a hill and as we got to the top of the hill one of the guys turned to me and and just looked at the the beauty of all the hills that were around us i said look look at this isn't it amazing isn't it wonderful isn't it wonderful to see what god has done all his creation let's make sure we don't miss this about an hour into the ride i'm trying to get up a hill and I'm there and I'm pedaling away and I've got my hands on the handlebars and all I am looking at is the six foot of grey gravel in front of me. That's all I, have, I was focused on. 
because I just had to get through. I had to get through what was going on. I just needed to keep going. And all I could focus on was the six foot of gray, boring concrete in front of me. And the same guy that had said, look at this beauty, said, stay, stay, lift your head. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. And I lifted my head and again, there was a beautiful landscape that I was missing because my head was down looking at the concrete. Look up, Steve. Don't miss this. Folks, we need to raise our heads because there are mighty deeds of God that are happening all around us, all the time, in all different ways. And when we miss them, we miss the opportunity to praise him. See, we're not only praising for his mighty deeds that are all around us, we also praise him for the mighty deeds that he has done for us. Do you remember in Psalm 148 verse 14, it says this, that he has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him, praise the Lord. See, it was a call to God's people to, to praise him because it was God who had raised up, raised up somebody who would save them. See, the horn was a sign of salvation, a sign of strength. And we know now, this side of the cross, that it was the Lord Jesus Christ who is the horn for his people. He is the one who, who has saved us. He is the one who has brought salvation. God the Father has raised up one who will save his people. Folks, we are, as his people, have experienced the saving work of God in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, those of us who are Christians, we were once dead in our sin. We were alone. We were helpless and hopeless. But God in Jesus met us in that, saved us from our sin, our isolation, our hopelessness, and made us alive in him. He saved us through the mighty act of Jesus' death on the cross and in his resurrection in conquering sin, death, and hell. The causes us to sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. We praise God for his mighty deeds that we see all around us, but we praise God for his mighty deeds of salvation. Folks, Israel, who would sing in these songs, had experienced the fruit and blessing of God's mighty deeds time after time after time. And we also, as undeserving people have experienced and are experiencing the blessing of his mighty deed of salvation. We are to praise him for his mighty deeds. But we are also to praise him according to his excellent greatness. As we've looked through these psalms, the last five psalms in the book of Psalms, we've seen so many things about God's character. Here are a few of them. Psalm 146 verse 3. In contrast to those that we are to trust, we can trust God. We can trust him. Psalm 146 verses 8 and 9, we see that he pursues us. Psalm 147 verse 3, that it's him who heals the brokenhearted and bounds up their wounds. 148 verse 14, he is gracious in that he is the one who saves and in Psalm 149, verses 5 to 9, we see that he is a just God who always does what is right. Folks, what is often associated with greatness is distance. 
unapproachability, aloofness to those who are less great. But look, look at the one in whom the Psalms declare that his greatness is unsearchable. He is not aloof. He is not distant. He is not unapproachable. No, he is the one who we can trust. He is the one who pursues. He is the one who bends. He is the one who heals and binds. He is the one who is merciful and gracious. Folks, we praise a God who is great. But we also praise a God who is near. He is great, but he is not distant. This is the character of our God. And we praise him for his excellent greatness in his mighty deeds and his loving compassion towards an undeserving people. Number three, how do we praise verses three and five? The answer, with everything that you have in every moment that you have. Now, folks, this is not a list of all musical instruments that should be used in order to create the most holy sound for praise and worship. No, the psalmist is using a variety of different instruments to illustrate the call to praise with everything and in every way. But there are some significant connections to the instruments that I don't want us to miss. See, he mentions there the trumpet. That would have been like a horn blast. Now, the horn blast, the trumpet, was used to announce the year of Jubilee, which was that every 50-year cycle for that particular year, people who were slaves were set free, and any debts that people had at that time were cleared. Now, we being Christians, this side of the cross and resurrection, know that Jesus is our Jubilee. That actually in him, in, in him, we have been set free. In him, our debts have been cleared. We see there the tambourine and the dance. And now tambourine and dancers were, were always connected to, to times of, of celebration and times of, of victory. We see strings and pipes were often used for everyday music. The people would use these instruments just to make everyday music and everyday prayers. And cymbals, well, they were loud. And when you played the symbol, people knew, people could hear. But the specifics of the instruments are less important. What is important is the understanding of a great procession of praise, representing every aspect of life, every occasion, every moment. The psalm is saying is that everything is about praise. See, the psalmist is saying that in response to who God is, our praise should be full, a full expression of human energy and devotion, using every kind of, of accompaniment to do this. Folks, to praise him with our work, to praise him with sports, to praise him with family, to praise him with, in, in the midst of eating good food and having good drink, we are to praise him as we enjoy art, as we, as we read, as we engage in culture, we need to see, and the psalmist is saying, the praise is not just about singing. It's about every aspect of life, in every way, at every moment. One of my heroes from history is a man called Eric Little. Now, Eric Little ended up becoming a missionary to China. In fact, he died in China whilst proclaiming the gospel to people. But in the 1924 Paris Olympics, it was Eric Little that won the gold medal for the 400 meters. And it was well documented because he was, he was meant to run the 100 meters. 
But when he found out that the final of the 100 metres would be on a Sunday, he said that he wasn't going to run. Now, his conviction was that it wasn't right for him to compete on a Sunday, and he held to those convictions, and that made great news. The other thing about Eric Little that people were intrigued by was the way that he ran. Eric Riddle didn't have sort of an orthodox way of, uh, uh, of running. In fact, the way he, re he, he ran was probably completely the wrong way to run, but he was quick and he won things. Intrigued by the way that he ran, intrigued by his convictions regarding being a Christian, Eric Little said this in response to some questions. God made me fast and when I run, I feel his pleasure. God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his presence. See, Eric Little, when he used to run, his head used to come back at the point of speed, and it was as if he was looking to God and praising him in the midst of the blessing of being able to run and run fast. God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. Folks, we are to praise God in every way. So when we walk, why don't we walk to the praise and glory of God? When we work, let us work to the praise and glory of God. When we paint, when we draw, let's do it to the praise and the glory of God. Folks, when we read and engage with knowledge or listen to good music, let us engage in those things for the praise and the glory of God. When we ride our bikes or we go and take the dog out or we go for a run or we lift a weight or we score a goal, let us do it to the praise and the glory of God. When we eat good food and drink good drink, let us eat and drink to the glory and the praise of God. When you lead your team, when you write a report, when you serve your employer or serve your employees, let us do it to the praise and the glory of God. When you feed your baby and change it's nappy in the middle of the night and you're shattered. Do it to the praise and the glory of God. When you serve and help those in need, do it to the praise and the glory of God. When all that you can do is watch others do things, watch for the praise and the glory of God. When you jump on Zoom this week on your GC, jump on, engage, pray, and be a blessing for the praise and the glory of God. When you plant a church, preach a sermon, counsel a brother or sister, do it for the praise and the glory of God. Folks, when we sing together, let us do it with the full expression of human energy and devotion for the praise and the glory of God. Because when we do these things, he is pleased. He is praised. So let us praise. Let us do it in a way that enables us to feel his pleasure. And let us turn that to praise. Whatever you do, have a conscious mindset that when you do it, that he is pleased, feel his pleasure, and give it back in praise. Do it for the praise and the glory of God. How are we to praise? In every way, with every moment. And finally, number four, who should praise? Verse six, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Everyone and everything that has breath, 
that has life. The call is praise the Lord. Let us praise with the very breath that he has given us. He breathes life into us, so let us exchange that life for praise. All of mankind, all of creation, all of the cosmos is called to praise because when we praise, we are most fully alive. We were created to worship and praise God. So when we do that with every aspect of who we are and what we have, we are most fully alive. Folks, that's where we're ending. That's where the trajectory is, where the Lord Jesus Christ will be in the presence of his people and every creature both in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all in them will say to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Folks, in a world and in a culture that is riddled with uncertainty, we as his believers, beloved ones, let us be certain that it will all end in praise. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him for his mighty, in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with the loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, that is my prayer for us this week. All of us who have breath, let us praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you and praise you that you are a God that calls us into your, pre your presence. A God who meets us in our need. A God who has saved us. A God that, that, that has given us wonderful blessings. Help us to praise you in the midst of this. And I thank you that your word brings certainty to us that where we are going, where we are heading is to a situation of praise. Help us to enjoy praise now. Help us to praise in every aspect. And Father, I pray, asking that you would make a way for us to gather as God's people to come together to praise and to join with the heavenly congregation to praise you and all that you have. Father, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless.